0: Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Got a Problem? Psalm 107 by Pastor Terry Keane. Today we're going to look at the Old Testament and we're going to look at the book of uh, the Psalms in 107. Psalm 107. And this is an incredible psalm because it opens up the doors to so much healing And uh, probably you may not have even identified with that. You might not have even understood that psalm to be like that. But there is such a lot that God does through that psalm. And uh, he still speaks to us today. It wasn't just because of David's time when he wrote these psalms. But it is meant for us today. Isn't that the extraordinary thing about the word of God? That it's alive today. It's not just pages or some words on the page. There's something living and alive and active within the Word of God. And so this morning, I feel confident in being able to share the Word of God with you and to be able to identify some of the things that maybe we're going through and then to identify the one who is able to help you, who is able to bring you through and to give you that healing and that victory. Do you have a problem? (laughs) Who has a problem? I have a problem, I have problems every day and it's not my wife so don't think that for <laughs> heaven's sake, not at all, it's not Lynn, I mean we've been married nearly 50 years now so I think we've got through any of the problems and we've been able to work through a lot of things together but we, do you have a problem, do you have a trouble that is working out in your life today? something that is just absorbing, something that is overwhelming, something that is taking your attention. Lynn and I had a problem and it was back in 1983 and uh, Lynn and I were pastors of a church plant of the Baptist Church and I'm going to say it in Ulladulla. In Ulladulla. (laughs) Everybody's been waiting for it. Everybody's made a bit of fun about it. Are you going to say Ulladulla today? And... And I was sort of saying, well, yes, I will be because it's in part of my sermon. However, we were at uh, we planted the church at Milton Ulladulla and um, it was the Baptist church. But Lynn and I had been baptised in the Holy Spirit back in 1975. And so our whole ministry started to change. And, and so in, in 1983, we had the Baptist Union come down from Sydney. I'm not trying to speak ill of them, but they came down from Sydney deliberately to sack us because we had been bringing into the church, a Baptist church, uh, the, the, the teaching about the Holy Spirit and what God could actually do. So we had a problem. and What was God going to do in this problem? And so the amazing thing was is that we were able to resign before being sacked. That was the best thing ever <laughs> because I didn't ever want to have in my history that I'd ever been sacked from anything. And so, uh, but God was good to us and He opened up a door and just made it something so victorious and so wonderful for us. The point I'm making too is that in that problem, God identified so much in us that we wanted to just change and we wanted to not be quiet about what he had done and accomplished in our life. He had baptised us in his Holy Spirit. He had given us much pleasure in being able to serve him and to be able to just do the things that he had asked us to do. The Bible that I have in my hand right now is a Bible that a couple who had come from Canberra, he was an engineer and he had uh, uh, lived in Canberra. He was responsible for the Snowy Mountain Scheme, employing 5,000 men for it. And so eventually he retired, and they lived at the back of Ulladulla, which is called Milton, and we lived there for a while too. And uh, in 1983, he became my elder, and his wife became elders of our church. And on that occasion... When we identified then with the, the Christian Ministry Centre, which was the church that we had been part of in Sydney, um, we were given this Bible in 1983. So I have this Bible today and I'm not wanting to get rid of it, to be honest. I don't want to even change it because it meant such a lot to me and, and uh, it was an open door, it was a new life for us So, when we thought, when we were lying in bed just talking about what is God going to do with us, because there was a 10 day gap where we had been, where we sort of said, well, we're not going to be sacked, we're going to resign. In 10 days, God orchestrated something that we never ever thought would be possible. And we had people ringing us and hearing that we had been uh, in that situation and had that problem, but they said, shouldn't be a problem anymore because we have been waiting for a pastor like you. We want a a spirit-filled pastor and we want to start a church if you are happy to start the church. And so in 1983, we started the Christian Ministry Centre in Milton Ulladulla and then two years later, we started one at Batemans Bay and then in the same year, we started one at Jervis Bay. And so it was a busy time. It was really busy. So God opened a door and God gave us a way when we could have just gone into, us, into ourselves and thought that we had been uh, people that had um, been irresponsible or been foolish, but God had a better plan and he identified that there was something in us that we needed to share. And, and so God did. So what is your problem today? <laughs> we can say what is your problem, but what is your problem today? What is your trouble and it sounds a little bit negative, but I'm not trying to sort of hone in on that. But there is often in our lives difficulties and, and distresses, problems that reoccur, reoccur. And in Psalm 107, in particularly verse 6, 13, 19 and 28, it talks about that, um, how he overcomes our problems, how he is able to. I'm talking about God, he is able to overcome them. Jesus actually says, we will have trouble. We will have problems. If you're here this morning and you're not having any, I'd like to have a talk to you. (laughs) I think I want to have a chat. (laughs) What is your secret? Well, I think we do have a secret and it's more than a secret. We have a person who is able to help us in the most dire trouble in the most serious of things. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for him. Jesus himself said, we will have trouble, but take heart. Take heart, people, for I have overcome the world. I mean, I go goosebumps when I think about that, that he has overcome all that, and he is the one that releases us and heals us. This morning I want to just highlight this psalm because... It's a, it's a psalm that, oh well, on, let's put that down. It's a powerful psalm. It's a powerful psalm about God's rescuing love. And maybe you're here this morning and you're just thinking, you know, I, just, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this problem. I don't know how I'm going to work through this trouble. And I just want to say to you that today I'm just imparting this word into your heart and into your spirit. I'm wanting you to engage with me by and engage with the word of God that this psalm today is about his rescuing love. God loves us with such an overwhelming love. He rescues, he rescues, he rescues, he rescues. He picks us up out of that trouble and he puts us in a high place where there he just pours out that love even more and more. In the Bible, if we were looking at the Hebrew word, It actually means hesed, H-E-S-E-D. This is his hesed, his steadfast love, his assuring love, his loyal love, his faithful love. And sometimes I just get and sit when I'm doing my devotions and I'm overwhelmed by the love of God that is shed abroad into my heart by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And because of his hesed, his overwhelming love, his loyal love, we can call to him in trouble. If I would just encourage you to, if you can, turn to Psalm 20 just quickly. And it was in this, it was this Psalm that when we were going through that period of time when we had resigned and we were looking at where God was going to then place us and what was he going to do with us? We had no idea. I really admire Lynn the fact that she married this guy that she felt was going to be pastor and then all of a sudden we resigned. But God was faithful. And, uh, and so we, we found this psalm to be more than adequate. In Psalm 20 it says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. In the day of what? Trouble. trouble. He will answer you in the day of trouble and may the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high. Where? On high, but how? Securely. Okay, you can talk to me. It's okay. You know? We get high. So, settle, Russ. (laughs) May the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high. See, take these words and really just allow them to become a part of your your day -day today and your tomorrow and the day after that. May he send you help from the sanctuary and support you from Zion. May he remember all your meal offerings, all the things that you have done. Those things, you think that maybe God has just gone, I didn't notice that. No, God notices everything and he's seen what you have offered to him. He has seen what you have given to him in service and in love and affection and he is remembering all your meal offerings and he will find your burnt offerings acceptable. And then he says may he grant you your heart's desire may he fulfill all your counsel and I will sing for joy over your victory and in the name of our God we will set up our banners and may the God fulfill the Lord God fulfill all our petitions. And so what are some of our problems maybe what are some of our struggles our troubles today Is it financial? Is it a parenting challenge? Is it growing old? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, surge out, thank you. I was about, uh, I'm 74 this year, so yeah, that was um, in 2023. That, that, I was 60-something. Mm. Sorry, Russell, we're just working that out, it's fine. So, it could be a parenting problem, it could be an age problem. No, truly, people worry about their age and what's going to happen. Maybe it's sickness, continuous sickness. Maybe it's stress. What about selling or even buying a house? Maybe because of our own sin, we have been foolish in our decision making, etc., etc. But I want to let you know that God's hesed, his overwhelming, beautiful, powerful, healing, loyal love, is going to come into that. This psalm is filled with hope. If you are able to read the whole psalm, and we might not go through the whole of it this morning, but um, it's filled with hope and we can cast all our cares onto God who cares for us and who is merciful to his people. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it actually says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. And I remember when, I, I don't even know where I was, but I was listening to this preacher and he was talking on this very verse and it never, ever left me. And he was saying that often we walk, we walk around, we go around as though we've got a great big bag of wheat, say, in a bag on our shoulder, And we're carrying it around and we're carrying it around and we're carrying it around. What God is saying today, whatever your problem, whatever your bag of wheat that is over your shoulder that is weighing you down, he says to you today, cast it onto me. In other words, you take it off your shoulder and throw it onto his shoulder because he will take it and he will care for you. I reckon there are people struggling here this morning that they even wonder if God does care. Yes. Is God really able to work into my situation? And despair and distress and, and the, the, the things of the world, they're so damaging and they're so controlling, they're so, they just bombard us. But today I would like you to be aware of the fact that Jesus will take care of your need and take care of your trouble. God wants to work out in our lives today. He wants to work out a tremendous exhibition of his wisdom. Today, you're sitting here, and I think it's one of the most extraordinary things, not because you're listening to me, but because you're right here, and this is where God wants to do do some stuff in your life. He wants to impart upon you in it to you. He wants to have a tremendous exhibition of his wisdom, of his power, of his love, of his life, of his character, of his peace, of his joy and of his release. He wants you to be released from it today. He doesn't want you to go home today carrying that bag of wheat still on your shoulder. He wants you to cast it onto him and take it away from your uh, life and give it to him. Let's just go back now to Psalm one hundred and three, 107, just testing, just uh, just testing. Okay, so the Lord delivers men from manifold troubles. Just to put you into the picture, Psalm 106 is actually a psalm that talks about when they were in exile. The Jewish people, the Israelites had, had gone to Babylon, they were in exile and Psalm 106 identifies that very, a position that they were in, they were in exile. They were begging God, they were waiting for God to release them, to be able to bring them into victory and into a release and to deliverance. Psalm 107 is about that deliverance. If we have a look at the words, it says, "I give thanks to the Lord for He is good. He's what? Good. He's good. He's absolutely good. For His loving kindness is everlasting." And, uh, and that's the beautiful part about it. It's never, ever, 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 ever going to stop. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who's redeemed here today? Okay, so make a noise, church. Hey, hallelujah. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lord, by the blood of the Lamb. And so the redeemed are to say so. We, he has is, he is redeemed us from the hand of the adversary, of the one that was holding us back and gathered us from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. You know, what is God going to do in your life today? He's going to open up something. He's going to break open something in your life today. You've come here this morning and you've just had this. You've persevered with this problem, this trouble, with this anxiety, and you've, you, it's just been too much. So today, God is going to just break open something in your life and you will have deliverance. I speak that prophetically. I speak that with a confidence in my heart today. I speak as someone that doesn't boast in himself, but I boast in the Lord God, who is able to save us and to deliver us and to set us free, to take us out of where we were and into this new and marvellous light. I can refer to that. In Christ Jesus, God has provided ultimate, ultimate redemption. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, He has delivered us. What's the word? Delivered. Delivered. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. That's not where I want to be. I don't want to be in that domain of darkness. No, why? Because he can deliver us from it. It says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Come on. What a place to be in in the kingdom of his beloved son. I mean, goosey-goosey. Again, I just am so taken back by just what God has done and how he has done it. But the word transferred, actually more than just transferring, God actually, or Jesus comes in, as it were, and he snatches us. He says, the moment you start identifying with what God has done through Jesus Christ, his son, and you've identified with that, he doesn't just transfer you. The actual word means that he snatches you. I'm not going to leave you there for one more second. I'm going to take you out and plant you into this kingdom of my beloved son, where we have redemption and we have forgiveness of sins. You know, God is better than any Amazon delivery. Sorry about those who are having one delivered today from Amazon, but anyway, he's better than that. He's better than any Uber Eat delivery. He is our powerful God who delivers. Hallelujah. Are you ready for that deliverance today? Are you ready for that opportunity to be able to see that release from whatever it is that's struggling and keeping you down? If we look at the chapter of 107, it actually starts talking about four sections and I just want to identify them for you this morning. Deliverance from the desert. And that came up in the first song. If I needed to know, you don't know what struggle I go through. You really don't. Lynn sees it. The struggle I go through is when I have to prepare for a sermon. It's nothing to do with Sean putting me on the list and saying, now it's your time. But I, I, I'm overwhelmed by the responsibility, to be honest, of just being able to share the word of God. And, and, and so um, uh, today I just found a, a little sign. God does this to me. He just does it all the time. And he, he, there was a song that said um, uh, about the, at the desert. Yeah. I thought, oh, thank you, God. You know, like, you know, we need little signs, don't we? Or am I the only one? No, see God loves us that much. He shows us little things. We just got to be quick to be able to identify them. And so, deliverance from the desert. What desert place do you think you're in? Let's have a look at what it says here. It might not be exactly how you're going and what you're going through, but let's see what it says. It says they they wandered into the wilderness in a desert region. Remember, they were in exile, they're coming out of exile. So we've got to identify with that time. It was around about 583 BC, okay? So it's a couple of years back. Um, So, for they did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry. They were thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. But the thing that they did was that they cried unto the Lord, Not, "Eh," not that type of crying. None of that sort of mushy crying. This was a cry. God, save us. It was a deep cry. It was a, a a desperate cry. And you know, there are times that we have thought that God's not interested in our deep, deep cry. Don't want to trouble God. But I say to you today that the word tells us or encourages us that we can cry to the Lord in our trouble. And then it says that, that they cried and they he delivered them out of their distresses. This morning I sense that he will do exactly that today. He will deliver you out of your distresses. He will lead you on a straight way. You will go to an inhabited city. Now what does it mean? There's a reason, there's also a rescue, and then there's a result, but then there's something that we need to put into action and put into plan, what is it? What do you think the next part of the verse says? Sorry, don't you have your Bibles open. I beg your pardon. But it tells us, give thanks. Come on, give thanks. You know, a grateful heart and a thankful heart, it just changes things, changes the dynamics of things. So when we were lying in bed wondering where was God going to and what was God going to do with us, we had a grateful heart. We had a heart that was thanking God for what we even had and able to accomplish before that. And where he had led us and the opportunities that opened up for us, I don't stand here saying how fantastic I am. but It was the hand of God in a simple pastor's life that was able to do extraordinary things. And it came about as a result of thanking him. Thanking him for his loving kindness, for his hesed, for his loyal love to me, and for his wonders that he manifested. And then there's that continuous release. If you have a look at verse 9, it says that he has satisfied the thirsty soul and a hungry soul he is filled with what is good. Are you waiting for that this morning? You believe that God can do that this morning? Yes. I believe that too. Deliverance from prison. I've had the, the joy, actually, of reading a book that the Weatherheads gave me. I've been doing a lot of reading. I just read a book about that thick about Jerusalem and about the city of God, about the people of Israel. Extraordinary book written by Ellen Trelor, E L L E N, it's a lady. Magnificent book. But I've also been given this book, which is Captive in Iran. And it's a story of two women called Mariam and Marzi Yaya. That's how they pronounce it. And uh, they were uh, taken into Evan, um, Evan Prison, which is in Tehran in, in Iran. And uh, they have an amazing story of hope, of triumph and of horror, so don 't rush for this this morning it 's not mine. It belongs to Harold and Hazel Weatherhead. I finished it this morning. no I, yeah, this morning, I think it was I, as I, in my devotional time i thought i 'll finish this, uh, but you know, um, if I can just read a part of this th- th- these women were were put into prison because they believed in Jesus, and that was simply what it was they were a, It was apostasy to the Islamic uh, country of Israel, uh, of uh, Iran, and uh, so they were put into prison. And they had been given out Bibles, they had testified about Jesus, and they had done extraordinary things. But I want to just highlight this because we're going into a few verses which talk about deliverance from your prison. And I don't know what your prison is, but today God wants to release you from your prison. It could be addiction, it could be uh, it's, it's unsound thinking, it could be uh, stinking thinking, it could be a whole lot of stuff that could be your prison. But these women were in prison, and I'm getting towards the end of the book, and it, it was extraordinary to actually read uh, what they said here on page 262. And it says, And in the midst of anticipating our release, there was an indescribable feeling of terrible sadness at the thought of leaving. Our precious friends behind, never in our lives would we have formed friendships as deep and as rich as the ones that God has blessed us with behind the high and foreboding walls of Evan Prison. The word evan wasn't strange to us anymore; it was now a familiar name as much as familiar as our own names. It was our university it it in it in that had taught us our, us things that we could never have learned anywhere else. It was our church, a place of sincere, deep faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And for months it had been our home and family. It had become a part of our lives, representing the worst days of our lives as well as some of the best. It just proved that no matter... That was a physical prison. You know, Sometimes we have spiritual prisons, but we have that physical prison. That was an extraordinary story. Of two women who maintained their faith, and they actually witnessed more to people within the prison than they probably did if they were out in in the public streets. And and so they are released now. And and in our life group, we were able to watch a video of one of the women who had uh, was sharing on um, America, Voice of America, or something like that. Oh, Jerusalem Today, I think it was. So, verse ten. There were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains, because they had rebelled against the words of God. And sometimes we do put ourselves in that prison because we, we know best. We know what we can do. God's, yeah, we'll sort it out, God. Because they had rebelled against the words of God, they spurned the counsel of the Most High, and therefore he humbled their heart with labour, and they stumbled and there was no help. Hello, here comes the rescue. The rescue is that they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. I don't know how I can sort of say this again, but I will. It is is saying, I don't know how I'm going to say it, but it's just that there's so much inside of you that has, it's almost... um, weakened your position as a Christian because of the fact that you're not willing to cry out to God. I know I sound condemnatory here, but I'm not trying to be. But sometimes we are not willing to cry out to God, who is the saviour of the whole situation. So they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Did he leave them there? No, he did not. He saved them from their distresses. He brought them out of the darkness. And the shadow of death. And I love this part because this is what I believe God will do today. He will break those bands apart. Those bars that are there, he's going to break them apart. Let us give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness. Turn the table and go, thank you God. I'm going to declare how wonderful you are. You, I want to sing about as a redeemed person of your wondrous love, of your loyal love. Let us give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, for his wonders to the sons of men, for he has shattered gates of bronze and cut bars of iron asunder. Whatever your bars are today, he will break and he will shatter them. He will bring you into new release. In verse 17, it talks about deliverance of the sick and some of us have had continuing needs and problems there. And so God is just wanting to say today, and I don't want to go too far into it other than he wants to deliver us from our sickness. I was encouraged today of hearing someone who, who was rejoicing in the fact that he was feeling much better and that which he had had in his life, which was a cancerous thing, that there was a freedom from that. You know, I could tell by the voice of that person that there was a great rejoicing. There was something that was starting to penetrate that there has been a deliverance. As long as it took, there was still that opportunity to praise God. Sometimes we want it, come on, God, come on. Come on, snap to our attention. But God doesn't usually do that. Snap to our attention, but he has a love for each of us and he wants to deliver us from all sickness and destruction and anything that is going to take us down. Let us cry out to the Lord, God save me, heal me today. And you might just say to yourself, but Terry, I've done that for so many years now. I've asked God to save me. I've asked him to heal me. But don't be afraid that today could be that day where he will open up that life of yours, deliver you from that sickness and set you free and put you on a high place, secure. We give thanks to the Lord and let his sacrifices of thanksgiving be what we want to share and to tell of the works. I just want to go to verse 23, and we're coming to the conclusion. In verse 23 of the book of Psalm 107, It was so interesting today. I came to church and uh, sat down and prayed with the group and then the team come up and sing a song, It Is Well With My Soul. Well, would you believe that I have a note here when I was preparing this message, it came back to me and Sean, Pastor Sean, has actually told this story in some messages that he's had. And I can understand why he would delight in being able to repeat it, and i repeat it again today. Horatio Spafford wrote this hymn, this song, It Is Well With My Soul. He was a successful attorney in Chicago. He was a husband to a beautiful wife, and they had four daughters. In, in eight, 1871, there was a great fire in Chicago, and he lost virtually all of his real estate. He was a great friend of D. L. Moody, who was the American evangelist at that time. And Iris Sankey was the the songwriter and the hymn writer. And then they went to England, and were setting up a mission, a sort of a, a rally. And um, and however, because of the distress that the family had gone through. Horatio had said to his wife and four girls, go to Europe, have a break, then we'll go to England and we'll be able to uh, join, you know, be together and have this time. Well, the sad thing was is that in 1873 he sent his family to Europe and he wasn't able to go. But tragically, halfway across the Atlantic, the ship was struck by another vessel and it sank within 12 minutes. Horatio's wife somehow was saved, but he lost his four daughters. They were drowned. He decided to take that journey to meet up with Moody and with Sankey, and uh, he was crossing almost the approximate spot where the ship had gone down. He'd been on the deck for hours and hours before, and then they were just advising him as to where and how close they were to that particular place. And so he then penned the words, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well. It is well with my soul. What an extraordinary hymn. What an extraordinary expression of, of, of gratefulness to a, someone who is divine, who he could have been angry at for the rest of his life, losing four daughters. Could be bitter, but he chose to be not bitter and he became better by writing this song, this beautiful hymn. If I would just even add to that, my mother-in-law was passing away and it was at the Dutch Village down there at Collingwood Road in Birkdale. On that particular day when we were joined together to be there on her passing, um, the the hymn singing was in a ward where we could actually hear it. And the extraordinary part about it was is that at the point of time when my mother-in-law was actually passing into glory. The hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, was being sung in the ward next to it. It was so liberating. It was so powerful. It was so amazing to think that that was her testimony as well and yet God was able to release that song at the time when we as a grieving family needed to be touched and, and to, you know, just to bless God. Sometimes our lives are up and down just like in the sea. I can remember my first trip away to Tasmania uh, <laughs> uh, back in 1860, 18, no, <laughs> 19. <laughs> Boy, you look good for that age, Terry. Um I told you I wasn't as good looking as looking as Sean, but however, but anyway, back in 1960 um, something, a, a friend of mine and, and we went to Tasmania and um, we went on the, the 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 boat. It was not the way it is today. Um, what was it called then? Oh, the Endeavour. No, it wasn't the Endeavour. <laughs> It wasn't Noah's Ark either, but it was on the spirit of the spirit of Tasmania, if there was any other word. However, we had struck the worst time in the sea, and it, it lurched and it. Oh, they took the stabilisers up. That was because they weren't helpful at all, and I was sick as anything. And, uh, you know, I was so <laughs> uh, pleased to be able to arrive at a place, but it reeled and it lurched and it went up and it down and, ooh, you know, like I was just vomiting. It was, it was the worst thing ever. And uh, I never enjoyed that time, although I loved Tasmania. I have to add that. Once I got there, I uh, really enjoyed it. But sometimes our soul, like it says in this verse here, melts in the misery of it all. We reel and we stagger like drunken men. We're at our wit's end. But God is saying that even in your feeling that you're just being tossed about on the sea today, the sea of life, God wants to do something, but he wants to hear your cry. He wants you to ask him, God, save me from this. I cry out unto you, deliver me from this, this what I feel. And you know, God says in this word, he's true to his word, and he brought them out of their distresses. And he caused the storm to be still. Now we have evidence of that in the New Testament where Jesus said to the storm, be still. And it was still. I sense that today God is wanting to do the same in your life. That storm, that raging, that that feeling absolutely sick because of what you're going through. God says, I will bring a stillness into it. I will bring a peace into that. Where the sea billows will roll no longer, you will find that there will be a peace. It caused the storm to still so that the waves of the sea were hushed. Oh, they were glad because they were quiet and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness. The redeemed are to give thanks and for his wonders of the sons of men. We're to extol him in the congregation and to praise him at the seat of the elders. Just to to summary it up, if we had a look at verses 33 to verse 38, it talks about how he changes things. And he can change rivers into a wilderness. You know, there are some things that come our way that we go, What? Where did that come from? That wouldn't be God. But sometimes it is God. Sometimes he brings us into a place where it was really great and then all of a sudden we're in a desert. Why? How? How did this happen? He springs of water into a thirsty ground, but then he says, the Bible says here, a fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. But... He changes the wilderness into a pool of water. Is that what you want today? I want it. A pool of water, a dry land into springs of water, where he makes the hungry to dwell so that he may establish an inhabited city. Sow fields, plant vineyards, gather a fruitful harvest. That's productivity. That's the blessing of God. That's what he wants to bring into your life today. So my summary really is, and I'm going to finish, not like Paul and says, well, finally, brethren, and then have another lot of verses afterwards. But summary is, call to the Lord your God no matter what kind of trouble, no matter what time of tr- kind of trouble. Call to the Lord no matter why you're in that trouble. Don't beat yourself. If you feel that you've done this yourself, don't beat yourself any longer. Get deliverance, get set free, be securely put up on high. Let him take you out of that. Just confess it as sin to God. God, I have sinned against you. I have done this and I am so sorry. And so that's why I am in this trouble. But God says, call to me, even if you're not in trouble today, even if you're not, still call out to him. Bless him, praise him. But remember to give him the thanks. Let the redeemed say so. Amen. 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 Okay. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.